This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, April 14th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how you doing today? I'm doing good, buddy. It is hump day. Yeah. I know you'll play that sound bite in a bit, but uh, doing good, man. A little on the tired side today. It's a uh, little, it's not snowing anymore today, but it's very cold. They did snow a little bit overnight. So uh, winter is here again. <laughs> Yay. But other than that, I'm great, man. How are you? You know, doing pretty good. It's the middle of the week. Uh, we got a little bit of rain here. Uh, luckily, no snow uh, like you're supposed to be getting. But uh, you know what? It's it's springtime. Flowers are blooming. Grass is kind of turning green, but uh, we're not quite there yet. <laughs> <laughs> not not quite, huh? Exactly. Yeah, we do live in the middle of the desert, so it takes a while. But uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every day with a question from my co-host. Now, Tony, uh, not meaning to start out the show on a morbid note, but uh, if you had a loved one who passed and you needed to get their body from one state to another state, maybe a couple states away, how would you go about doing that? Well, usually you either make arrangements. That way you can have the body flown in from wherever, and then you have to kind of go pick it up and set arrangements. I don't know how that really works. Uh because it's not like you're going to put the body in your vehicle. It's usually a hearse or something, but you usually coordinate it with the funeral homes. I would imagine it'd be a lot of communicating between, uh, I guess, like the funeral homes and travel and all that stuff, man. That's a good question because that's uh, – unless you pull a weekend at Bernie's, that stuff's pretty <laughs> tough, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, luckily there are uh, services that take care of that for you. It costs a little bit of money, but, uh, you know, it's it's all part of, you know, getting your loved one back to you. Well, speaking of weekend at Bernie's, Tony, a man who was stopped for driving on the wrong side of the road in Catalonia, Spain, was found to have a dead body in the front passenger seat. Police made the grim discovery after the 66-year-old suddenly turned around at the checkpoint between Spain and France. Investigators believe the deceased, an 88-year-old man, had been dead for about three weeks. They say the driver may have been taking him home to Switzerland. The body, believed to be the driver's partner, had started to decompose. After three weeks, I would 
assume so. It was covered with a blanket and was wearing a seatbelt, reports Spanish news La Vanguardia. An autopsy will be carried out on Friday to determine how he died, although investigators say there is no evidence of criminality. Uh, the driver was initially headed towards France on Thursday and arrived at the Le Jonquier border checkpoint. Oui, oui, vous, vous. It's Bernie. I see him. He has big stash. I don't know why that was. <laughs> and <Russian>. sunglasses. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Upon seeing police, he turned around and drove 30 kilometers back into Spain, this time on the wrong side of the motorway. France and Spain both drive on the right-hand side of the road. Catalan police signaled to the man to pull over, but he ignored them, according to the French newspaper. He eventually left the motorway and took a local road where he had a crash in the town of Joffrey shortly before noon. Frank Blue reports that toll and parking tickets found in the car suggest the driver may have chauffeured his deceased partner to various locations before being discovered, including visits to Madrid, Via Franca del Pendes, and even Italy, despite travel restrictions because of the pandemic. The driver, who is dual Swiss-Spanish citizen and lives in Spain, is still being questioned by police. He is currently only charged with traffic offenses. So, uh... Yeah, you know, maybe he was just trying to use the carpool lane, try to get wherever he's going a little bit faster. But, uh, yeah, if you need to transport a dead body, do it the right way. Don't yeah, my thought, too, is wouldn't rigor mortis set in and wouldn't it, wouldn't it be stinky? Oh, you I would mean, think so. Yeah. It would be wow. so bad. I couldn't imagine that being a fun buddy road trip right there. <laughs> hey, hey, Sal, we're going over to... Uh, Joffrey, named after the town for that little punk kid from Game of Thrones. It's going to be fun. <laughs> well, Shut uh, your mouth during the trip, though. When it comes to true love, I guess you don't care how bad your partner smells. You just want to make sure that they see the sights before uh, finally resting them at peace, right? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm going to have to just go no. Uh, how about no? For me, I'm good. Politely decline. That makes sense. Politely decline. Yeah, buddy. I'm sorry if you passed away early. I'm not going to drive around your dead body around the United States. It just, it's just weird. Fair enough. Wouldn't blame you. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, it is Wednesday, and we've got a wonderful show lined up for you today. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? Hump day, yeah! It is Wednesday, and as we do on Wednesdays, we have Words Are Hard. We have a segment called Scamtastic History. Our call and talk... Scamtastic! Our call-in topic today is podcast Sharapalooza. What podcasts are you listen to, listening to? We want to know about it. I had a bubble in my throat. That was weird. Hey, bubbles. We have a segment called Restaurant Red Flags. We round out the day with This Day in History. And Tony is up next with the entertainment news. Folks, do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot, fun surprises, and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, Calabunga, to the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate box, what's with kids today, huh? 
Rouses! With crits starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We've got a little thing we talk about a couple times each show. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe you took a dead body across state lines and, uh, you know, we kind of want to know about it give us a call at 855 phoenix radio that's 855 f-e-n-i-x-r-d-o or 855-336-4973 all we ask is that you keep it entertaining we'll compile those together put them out in a future show now speaking of entertaining tony is here with the entertainment news Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, April 16th, in, or April 14th. 14th I, yeah. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy, and I read my calendar wrong. It's your Filippo Fast Five. Arclight Cinemas and Pacific Theaters, including the Cinerama Dome, will not be reopening. The iconic Cinerama Dome opened in 1963, and that's down in Hollywood. So uh, the effects of the pandemic have finally caught up and killed the little guys. So um, rumors are other uh, big-name theaters or big-name chain theaters may jump in there. Um, Maybe you'll get an Alamo uh, Draft House in there or something to kind of keep it alive. That'd be pretty solid. Uh, Kevin James to play New Orleans Saints coach Sean Payton in Netflix Home Team, produced by Happy Madison. Um, it will take. Uh, it will be based off the 2012 season when there was Bounty Gate. Remember that? Yeah, isn't he about 200 pounds too heavy to be playing Sean Payton? It's a film. Uh, I'm gonna produce a film, and uh, he go play Sean Payton. Okay, suspend your uh, disbelief for just a moment. Paul Blart, Saints coach. Yes, uh, it's already starring my favorite actor, so I probably will not be watching. So, (laughs) speaking of, well, this is not speaking of anything, but this is I had to put this in the Fast Five because it's funny. Purple Urkel. Family Matters star Jaleel White launches a cannabis strain, and it's called Purple Urkel. (laughs) (laughs) Did I smoke that? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Hey, Laura, you got any cheese? I don't have a good Urkel today. You got to be more nasally for it. (laughs) 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 Former Kansas City Chief uh, Coach Britt Reed was charged with a felony DWI and crash that injured a five-year-old. So, not looking good for Andy Reid's son, Britt. Nope. Yikes. Buccaneers joined the Broncos, the Seahawks, in a boycott of the NFL offseason workouts. They uh, sent a letter via the NFL PA um, message saying that while they respect and they want to get back to playing football, they do not feel it's safe at this time. Uh, a lot of backlash in Denver. Have you heard any of the uh, any of these teams doing that? 
only from what I've seen in the ESPN reports, but uh, ultimately I think they're just hurting themselves by uh, boycotting it. Yeah, I agree. And my thing is, it is off season. Um, you don't need to really do it, but uh, somebody brought out a good point. When you've gone five and eleven, like our Denver Broncos did, um, every little time you don't get together to try to gel as a team is not a good thing. So maybe yep. this would be a good time for Locke and the boys to like meet up and do what Peyton did. You know, get the receivers and stuff together, get on track and. Uh, we'll see, but uh, you know we are a little bit away from NFL stuff. We got the draft in two weeks, so just I as, digress. It's a long Filippo five today, you know. That's all right. I was going to say just as long as the quarterbacks don't get together and then get themselves disqualified, and you have to have some uh, random third string uh, uh, receiver to come in and play. That was so Awful. weird last season. That was that was so dumb. They did not really hook up the Broncos in that game. That was pretty no. pretty bad. Uh, we're moving on to the entertainment news because you know us. We could talk football and stuff. And I know everybody's like, yeah, football. Not really. Most people are like, yay. <laughs> okay. We fast forward through that. Um, if This is just kind of an opinion piece more that I clipped it. But uh, if Hollywood wants to maintain and continue the positive box office vibes that Godzilla versus Kong has left, they can't just let theater sit totally empty until Memorial Day. As we've seen, the first clip of Jason Reitman and Gail Keenan's Ghostbusters Afterlife shows Sony and friends trying to vie for a minion slash Groot slash Baby Yoda-like cute character with a breakout of the murderous mini puffs. So with that little clip that just dropped, um, this uh, opinion here is with theaters hurting for big product until Mortal Kombat, which comes out this week, mm-hmm. um, it would be a good time to start putting movies out in May as we have smaller scale movies like The Wrath of Man on May 7th and Spiral on May 14th before a one-two punch of Cruella and A Quiet Place Part 2 on Memorial Day weekend. There's nothing of note on April 30th and nothing at all on May 21st. Godzilla vs. Kong meant in generic terms that audiences will come back to theaters if something they want to see is playing. Meaning, why not have Ghostbusters Afterlife move their date up to the vacant May 21st slot? I'd be First okay off, that. it's it's an all-ages family flick, which has generally been the Croods, Wonder Woman 84, Tom, Z- Tom and Jerry. I was going to say Tom, Tom Zilla. Zilla. <laughs> Tom Zilla. Godzilla versus Kong, where the money has been thus far. Second, it's budgeted closer to Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, around $90 million, than Ghostbusters Answer the Call, which was $144 million budget, meaning it doesn't have to break all kinds of records to break even. Third, it's a known entity which has been selling itself since December of 2019. That's when the first teaser trailer dropped. So um, this makes so much sense uh, if it came out on May 21st. You've just now got the mini puff clip out. Mm -hmm. So you've got the excitement. If you just came out and dropped the full-blown second trailer and just move it up. I mean, you and I talked about this on Proton Pack. If you moved it up, you don't have to contend with like uh, Top Gun Maverick and other big movies around uh, around the Thanksgiving weekend. I, I feel like if you put it out in May, man, you're going to be a box office champ for at least a couple weeks before you have to. I think it would beat out Cruella still. I think it'd still be a number one against Cruella. 
maybe a quiet place too it might slip because at that point you're in about two weeks already mm-hmm. but uh why not man it makes sense and then you don't really have anything big coming in june so then you get the ones that they're like well what are we gonna see we got ghostbusters cruella a quiet place what are we gonna go see you might get the repeat watchers like you and i right um i think it's a good idea whether it happens or not highly unlikely but um it would be a good thing and i, I agree with this uh with this uh, opinion piece the box office would be better off if it did release there I agree. You know, it's uh, it would be awesome if they did sort of a surprise drop, maybe a week before they say, hey, we've moved up Ghostbusters, do a huge marketing blitz that whole week leading up to it. And uh, they would make so much money by dropping it in May. I agree. I think it'd do better in May than November. I think yeah. it would really help kickstart the uh, – well, not kickstart it. We've already done that with Tom and Jerry or Tomzilla <laughs> and King Kong. You know, those movies have already kickstarted it, so this would just keep up a really good momentum. So. Exactly. We shall see. But here's an interesting thing I caught yesterday. If, if you thought the collapse of movie theaters or the surge of streaming services are the biggest impact on the film industry, Kevin Smith, a.k.a. Silent Bob, has a beer he wants you to hold. The fan-favorite filmmaker whose career served to define the 1990s has invaded every new platform from crowdfunding to festivals to podcasts to pop-ups and more. Now the New Jersey native is going to try something brand new by selling his horror movie, Kilroy was here, as an NFT. An NFT is a non-fungible token. Per the arrangement, the owner of the NFT will secure the rights to exhibit distribute and stream the work making it means for whoever owns the movie to earn money outside of the blockchain as an indie artist i'm always looking for a new platform through which to tell a story said smith and crypto has the potential to provide that while also intersecting with almost our almost 25 years of experience selling real world collectibles online and at the brick and mortar jay and silent bob secret stash Back in 1994, we took Clerks up to Sundance and sold it. Selling Kilroy as an NFT feels very similar. Whoever buys it could choose to monetize it traditionally or simply own a film that nobody ever sees but them. We're not trying to raise financing by selling NFTs for a Kilroy movie. The completed Kilroy movie is the NFT. And if this works, we suddenly have a new stage on which I and other better artists than me can tell our stories. Due to the nature of the sale, Smith will not obtain any theatrical rights after Kilroy is sold as an NFT, with whoever buys it maintaining sole ownership of the movie. Furthermore, as of today, Smith is expanding his cinematic view askew into the crypto-verse with Jay and Silent Bob's Crypto Studio. The site functions as an NFT gallery showcasing and selling art featuring the cult comedy duo Jay and Silent Bob. Unlike other NFT gallery setups, Jay and Silent Bob's Crypto Studio will be an exclusive crypto gallery with its own crypto address curated by Smith and crew. Um, Definitely interesting um, and a unique take on distributing movies. What's your take on that? You know, I love the idea. Kevin Smith has always been at the forefront of any new emerging technology, whether it's crowdsourced funding, podcasts, doing it by NFT, which is essentially a certificate of authenticity for a digital work. 
is brilliant. You know, it's it's the way things are going. It's the way that, uh, you know, if you look back at uh, like uh, Michael Jackson owning the Masters of Beatles albums, this is essentially the equivalent of that. And so whoever buys it can distribute it as they like. Or, as he mentioned, sit on it because Kevin Smith horror movies are not that great. They are not that great, but it is uh, is definitely a unique take. And I mean, what do you have to lose if the film's already created and it's not been distributed yet? I mean, what do you have to lose by trying it? Exactly. Not nothing. So, yeah. but that's it for your stretched out entertainment news. Like, go figure. I I needed just like one extra story, and I only got to two of them. Good job, <laughs> Tony. Way to stretch everything out this morning. Let's dance on into the birthdays today, shall we? Oh yeah, it's Little Miss Sunshines. She's a child actress who also played roles in My Sister's Keeper. She played Little Rock in both the Zombieland movies, and she was also cast in Fox horror comedy series Scream Queens. Abigail Breslin is some age that I did not write. Way to go, San Filippo. Way to go. You want to? You want to? It's just her birthday. I think she's. I don't know. She's. 20-something, maybe. Yeah. Kendall Hart on the soap opera All My Children. She also voiced April O'Neil in 27, 2007's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but she was more immortalized for being Buffy and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or maybe for us 90s kids, she's most well-known for that makeout scene in Cruel Intentions with Selma Blair. Sarah Michelle Gellar is 44. Was good on that. This one will make you feel a little old if you're an 80s person, uh, 80s kid, or a 90s 90s child, a former Brat Pack member known for his 80s comedies, including The Breakfast Club, Weird Science, and 16 Candles. His other film credits include Six Degrees of Separation, Edward Scissorhands, and Out of Bands, Bounds. He began appearing in season six of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Anthony Michael Hall is 53. Wow. And last birthday, because I don't want to take up too much more time, um, 17-time MLB All-Star, 1973 NL MVP, nicknamed Charlie Hustle. He became all-time MLB hits leader with 4,256 hits in his career. He is not eligible to be anywhere in the MLB due to gambling. You can find him in Las Vegas. Pete Rose is 80. 8-0. Yeah, so was his bowl cut. Nah, that's a good way to go out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, folks, that does it for the entertainment news. When we come back, it's Wednesday. We've got Words Are Hard. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after these messages. After these messages. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. And we are all over social media with many of you watching us as we speak on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Now if you want to get a hold of me on social, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio of course with an R. Or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony is available at facebook.com forward slash Tony.sanfilippo. That's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot nine four. 
or on Instagram at Tony.SanFilippo81. Now, being that it's Wednesday, we like to take a look at the English language, some of the weirdness about it, sometimes uh, how it's misunderstood, other times the origins of certain words, which is what we're doing today on Words Are Hard. So we're going to be taking a look at slang words and the origins of those. Uh, Tony, I'm going to ask you the slang word. Have you tell me uh, what it means, and then we'll talk about uh, where it came from. Are you ready to go? I'm ready, buddy. Let's do this. All right. First slang word is legit. What does legit mean? It means that you're credible. You can be counted on. It's real. It's coming from the source. There you go. Well, most people may think that this word originated with MC Hammer after he released his 1991 hit. Too legit to quit. Hey, but it actually showed up during the later half of the 19th century in theater groups. They used the word to refer to legitimate drama, also known as well-written piece. So uh, that's where legit came from, not from MC Hammer. Not too legit. <laughs> too legit to quit. I forgot. The what was it? It was like... Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Makes for great know, radio. So did that man. I go, what the hell are you doing? And she goes, I'm too legit to quit. Now, granted, it was like 1992 when that happened. So right. We were still like, rocking our parachute probably, pants. Yeah. I was wearing my I was wearing my clothes backwards. Crisscross was my jam. Mama was talking like this. And I was jamming crisscross. And I was jumping and I missed the bus because I didn't think it would affect me. <laughs> Let's keep rolling out. We are talking. Wasn't quite the coolest kid, I don't think. That's okay. <laughs> talking words are hard. <laughs> Looking at the origins of slang words, the next word for you, Tony, is adulting. What is adulting? Oh, it means you have to grow up, be responsible. Mom and dad ain't there to take care of you no more. You have to do it yourself. Exactly. Well, adulting is a very popular word among millennials who look often use it. Uh, who look often use it jokingly when they engage in adult-like behavior such as preparing taxes, buying a home, or mowing the lawn. The exact origins are a little murky, but it supposedly first showed up in a 2008 Twitter post. It then took six years to enter the mainstream and gain notoriety on Urban Dictionary in June 2014. So uh, it is a very, very new word. Um, boy, less than a decade old. That's it? That's it. I've always kind of thought, I guess we would refer to it back when we were younger was we didn't want to be an adult. Like we didn't want to grow up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us we kid. We were Toys R Us kids forever. <laughs> Let's keep rolling on. Talking words are hard. <laughs> the slang word, actually, it's a slang phrase for you, Tony, is throw shade. What if I'm throwing shade at you? If you're throwing shade, that means like you're disrespecting the person you're kind of throwing. Uh, what's what's the other word for throwing shade? There's another term. That's the newer term for it. It's uh, but I think there was a period where you were mad dogging them. It's like giving them a look. Like you're just like, 
whatever. Exactly. Well, throwing shade could be an Olympic sport as it clearly requires mad skill. The word first propelled into the mainstream after its excessive use on RuPaul's reality TV show, Drag Race, and now everyone from fathers to grandmothers use it to carry out passive-aggressive acts online or in real life. If you want to know how true shade throwers perform, look no further than the stars of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. It's so shady over there, it's hard to imagine how any of them see clearly. Oh, I see what they did there. Although ah, throw shade nice. is a pretty neat way to describe the act of insulting someone, these other slang words need to, need to end. Um, I don't know why they added that, uh, but apparently I'm Ron Burgundy, so. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Let's keep rolling on. Words are hard. All right, the next slang word for you, Tony. And uh, unfortunately, I think uh, you may have been the victim of this. Ghosting. What is ghosting? <laughs> yeah, most recently. Huh? Ouch. It just means like when you engage in conversation, whether it be dating, whether it be a friend or whatever, and you just choose not to talk to them or you don't want to be around them anymore. You, the easy way instead of it's more common in dating. The common thing to do is just don't respond no more. Ignore everything. Don't respond fall off the face of the planet even though you're still friends and you can still see that you clearly check your phone because you just keep posting on facebook sounds personal tone (laughs) i I just i hate ghosting i do too just just be transparent would you well no matter how you use it ghosting never means anything good the act of ghosting which describes someone quietly exiting an online conversation has become popular because of the explosion of the dating app culture over the last few years. There's no clear origin story for this word, but it seems to have organically arisen in the post-2012 dating app boom. Mm. Yep. There you go. Yeah, Quietly disappearing. Uh, I I love that uh, you use the word transparent. You know, be transparent when it comes to ghosting. (laughs) There. That's it. Just say, hey, look, I ain't going to respond anymore. I don't like you. Adios, amigo. <laughs> i see you around. Well, let's keep moving on. Talking words are hard. <laughs> Here's one that I've never used, at least in this uh, usage. Maybe you know what it means, Tony. The word is extra. I hear it at work. I hear some of the kids say it. Um, kids these days. Kids these days. I've heard that slang term. So extra is you're being a little dramatic, a little too much. Interesting. All right. So most commonly used to describe a person who is over the top in some way, dramatic, as you mentioned, or doing the most, extra has become somewhat of a fixture when it comes to millennial slang vocabulary. Extra first appeared in Urban Dictionary back in 2003. However, according to Dictionary.com, its origins are Latin and was often used in medieval times to mean to be outside... Medieval times! ...or beyond. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's Tony's Tourette. (laughs) Yeah. What? Let's keep rolling on. Talking words are hard. Again, here's another one you will never find me saying, but maybe you know the meaning tone. The word is basic. You're so basic. It it means that you're just, I've heard this one again at work too. 
This means you're kind of just plain and, you know, unoriginal and you're just blah. <laughs> yeah, shortened from another slang term, basic bitch. Basic is a pejorative adjective used to describe someone who slavishly follows the mainstream and is a conformist, according to knowyourmeme.com. There's just nothing original or special about this person. Although the term gained more relevance in 2017, it's been around for a while. Basic first appeared on Urban Dictionary in 2009, but went down in 80s music history with the hit jam from Climax, Meet Me in the Ladies' Room. Couldn't tell you that song. Or... Okay, yeah, I'm a music person. I don't know. I don't know that one. <laughs> Meet me in the ladies' room. We're gonna spray perfume. You're so basic, bitch. <laughs> All right, and then finally, on words are hard. <laughs> Tony, the slang term is hipster. What's a hipster? Oh, a hipster is. Uh is you're trendy and you're just you're in the now or whatever the trend is usually hipster here is like if you wear a, a beanie and you got a little hair hanging and oh. then you know like i could be considered a hipster because i'm wearing a flannel most coloradans wear flannels that's what we do well it's funny because i've you know i've worn flannels for 20 years i've had a beard for as long as i've been able to grow a beard yet uh, i think hipsters have copied my look somehow so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is the, the only thing i'm missing look. is the beanie but uh yeah wear the beanie bro wear the beanie the hipster a person who was originally celebrated for being on the cutting edge of a trend before it became mainstream hey look i was the original hipster but it is now known as a know-it-all who wants to appear cooler than the masses in all seriousness the word is a Der derivation of the word hip, which means to be tapped into the cultural zeitgeist. Boy, words are hard today. Zeitgeist! It first gained traction in the 20th century jazz era when people flocked to African-American neighborhoods to participate in the budding music scene. The word faded out in the 50s, but resurfaced in the 90s and has stayed quiet for a while. So uh, take it from the OG hipster. Uh, you don't want to be copying this look because... I'm going to be rocking it forever. You may not be, so. <laughs> it's hip to be square. There you go. Well, folks, that does it for this edition of Words Are Hard. When we come back, we've got a segment called Scamtastic History. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks, to the final segment, at least of the first hour of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. But if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Amazon. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think and tell your friends because sharing is caring. Now, 
on this segment that I've titled Scamtastic History, we're going to take a look at uh, some of the more historically significant scams that have been pulled off. You know, scams aren't a modern thing. They aren't things that, uh, you know, are, are brand new to us, but we do deal with them every day from people like you, Tone, who uh, try to uh, file unemployment benefits on uh, <laughs> your behalf. Yeah. Or yeah, all the way down. To- all the way down to the uh, emails that I get on, on a daily basis, basically saying, "Oh, your you know your PayPal account's been compromised. You know, uh, log in. You got to be careful. Maybe back in history, not as much as you had to today, but uh, you know that's what we're going to be looking at. So, uh, Tony, any uh, recent scams come to mind that uh, you've been either the victim of or somebody's attempted to pull off on you? No, since I signed up for the identity protection and stuff, uh, nothing has come of that since I canceled that. The only weird one that was kind of strange and and I normally don't ever answer, sca- you know, like spam calls. If I don't know the number, I don't typically answer. Well, the other day when the Xfinity guy came out to fix the internet, there was a call, but it didn't say it was Xfinity. It just was a... It was a call it was a number and I was like eh, maybe it's Xfinity and they're calling to say they're on their way or, so I answered it and and the lady you couldn't understand a word she said um, and she said yeah like how was your Xfinity appointment and I was like oh well she's like was everything to your satisfaction with your Xfinity appointment I said well no because it hasn't happened yet Right. I'm like wouldn't you have seen that and they're like, I'm like, did I miss something? Did the person come? And I just was unaware because they haven't come to do the work. And she goes, oh, um, no, they've, the appointment will be between 9 and 11. Thank you. Have a good day. Thanks for choosing Xfinity. And I was like, that was weird. Yeah, it doesn't so, sound to me like a scam. Maybe they were just uh, mixed up on on timing. Yeah, it was that was the weirdest thing I've had lately. And the yeah. Xfinity guys are like, yeah, that's weird. Uh, they normally don't call until they're done. I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. but, More of a miscommunication. Well, yeah. we're going to take a look at uh, Scamtastic history, and we're going to recycle this soundbite because I think it's fitting. Strange. Scam Patrol! Scam Patrol, there you go. All right, uh, the first one here is the selling of the Brooklyn Bridge. This classic of a scam artistry was supposedly first attempted by 19th century con man George C. Parker, who also sold the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the Statue of Liberty, and Grant's Tomb. It became such a popular trick that its origin of the saying, if you believe that, I've got a bridge I can sell you. I don't know about that saying, but uh, apparently uh, somebody successfully sold the Brooklyn Bridge to some unsuspecting schmo. What an idiot. Yeah. (laughs) I own the Brooklyn Bridge. I bought it from Jimmy on Fifth Street. He offered me a bag of magic mushrooms, and then he gave me a pixie stick. I was like, I got a nickel in my pocket. Can I buy the Brooklyn Bridge? He was like, yeah, it's a good deal. So we... I own the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> Let's move on. We're talking scamtastic history. Strange. The original Ponzi scheme. Well, a Ponzi scheme can best be summed up with the idiom borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. The man who lent his name to the con was Charles Ponzi, who raked in an estimated $15 million in eight months by persuading tens of thousands of Bostonians that he had unlocked the secret to easy wealth. Needless to say, he hadn't. Dang. 
Have you heard that term, Ponzi scheme? Before? No, I've heard the Ponzi scheme. I didn't know that's where it came from, though. Yeah, it's a little bit of words are hard uh, trickling over into uh, this segment. So yeah, I like that. No, it's the first time I've I've heard what that was. I've I've heard it many times. So like, well, hey, you gotta be careful, man. People always trying to. It's like the whole pyramid scheme thing, right? It's like. Oh, if you get this person under your team and you get this person under your team, then you get a portion and they get a portion and they get a portion. It's like, that's. Well, it goes back to inspect what you expect. You know, if it sounds too good to be true, yeah, maybe do your research a little bit. I'm sorry, it is freaking too good to be true. Let's keep rolling on. Scamtastic history. Strange. City. <laughs> well, unlike her animated counterpart in the 1997 musical Anastasia, Tsar Nicholas II's real-life daughter was executed with the rest of her family in 1918. However, the movie's plot is based on a kernel of truth. Following the execution, a handful of imposters came forward over the years, claiming to be one of the five deceased Romanov children. They hoped to claim some imperial riches or fame. The most famous of them was a woman named Anna Anderson, who spent decades posing as Anastasia, um, which I had no idea about. Uh, I saw the movie in passing, but uh, you know, people will come out of the woodwork if they think that uh, there's money to be made. Oh, absolutely. If there's money, they're, they're into it. They're ready. When you said Romanoff, I was like, uh, is Natasha in there? Black Widow. Yep. The original I, Black I was, Widow. I, I was thinking that would be the right thing to do. <laughs> Let's keep moving on. Scamtastic history. Strange. This one is one of my favorites of all time. In the 1950s, rigging the outcome of these popular programs was its own genre of fraud with producers and contestants uh, collaborating to make a more entertaining show. We're talking about quiz shows. Perhaps the most famous perpetrator was Charles Van Doren, a champion of 21, who was forced to resign from his teaching position at Columbia when the deception was revealed. His downfall was chronicled in the 1994 film Quiz Show. Fantastic movie. Following the scandals, public trust in game shows was so low that Jeopardy's iconic answer in the form of a question format was specifically designed to be scam proof and uh, yeah there are certain laws you have to abide by if you are holding quizzes for a quiz show Um, otherwise you can get into big trouble oh yeah you just well if you're going to do those types of shows it's big time it's kind of like we did a story a couple weeks ago with the prices right where they accidentally had the plinko machine exactly where where that lady kept winning and winning but it was one of those promo plinko machines they forgot to change it was like yeah yeah and they still paid her out but at the same time uh yeah they they had to be very careful that they didn't get in more trouble well, let's exactly. keep rolling on. Talking scamtastic history. Strange. In this case, you have the many identities of Frank Abagnale Jr. If you recognize the name, you may recognize the movie. If you ever heard it, uh, Frank Abagnale Jr. never took the advice, just be yourself to heart. At the age of 16, Abagnale began an illustrious career as an imposter 
posing as a pilot, a doctor, and an attorney, becoming an expert at forging checks and other documents. After being arrested at age 21, he was eventually released from prison early on the condition that he assist the FBI in catching other fraudsters. The remarkable story was adapted in 2002 with the film Catch Me If You Can, another great movie. Oh, that's what that's from. That's awesome. Yep. You know, this is kind of random. Friday chimed in as we're talking about this, so there's no better time than now to bring it up. But um, and I don't think during our segment, but Ponzi schemer Bernie Madoff died in federal prison today. Did he really? This wow. morning, yeah. As we talk about Ponzi scheming, no better time than now to share that breaking news. <laughs> well, he's on the list, but we won't be able to get to it because we're running out no. of time. So let's... Uh, he ain't making the list because he's done. Yep. And uh, we got our final Scamtastic History. Strange. The real Wolf of Wall Street. Well, the pump and dump schemes of Jordan Belfort were first exposed by Forbes magazine back in 1991 when it described him as a twisted version of Robin Hood who robs from the rich and gives to himself and his merry band of brokers. Belfort would go on to spend 22 months in prison for his crimes. In 2020, he sued the filmmakers of his biopic for $300 million, the same amount the movie made at the box office. I don't think he won that one. <laughs> well, folks, Great movie. that does it for the first hour of this episode. Uh, but join us back here on the second hour when we talk about our call-in topic, Podcast Share-A-Palooza. Podcast of a loser. What do you listen to? So uh, we're headed into the long break. Enjoy the news. Take a potty break. Grab yourself some tea, and we'll see you guys in seven. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, April 14th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Still joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, you ready for the fastest hour of the day? Yeah, I'm always ready for the fastest hour. Yeah, anymore, man. My days, they go so damn quick. I feel like uh, sometimes the remote on click is a little on like Maybe like the 4X. Not quite like the 6X, but you know, it's going a little quick. As long as you're not on autopilot, right? No, it's not autopilot. Sometimes I go on autopilot and it's weird. And then later I'm like, how the hell did I get here? Meh. 
It's the way it goes sometimes. But you know, we're halfway through the week. It's been a uh, smooth series of shows so far. I am going to knock on wood because you never know what will happen based on last week. But uh, with that being said, this is the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners and watchers, on our topic of the day. Which is why we give it 24 hours in advance and ask you guys to call the Phoenix line at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. Of course, you can chime in live on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Just click into the live video there and comment uh, with your pick or your story or whatever it may be. And of course, as we do in the second segment of this uh, coming up in the next segment, we head over to the stereo app with Stereo Roulette. You never know what you're going to get, especially based on yesterday's show. Uh, boy, we had a, a couple... Uh, Really bad words that were dropped, but uh, that's... There were some naughty words! There was, like, poop and boogers, and none, none of that's true. No. Some bad language. So exactly. when we get to the radio app, just caution, if you have little ones listening, probably earmuff that segment, because you just... We don't know what's going to be said across the air. I mean, when it happens, it happens, and yeah, can't really do it, but apologize. So. Yeah. It's truly live, so uh, there's no dump button, there's no oopsies... It's just the way it goes. Yeah. Did you say oopsies? Oopsies. Toasty. <laughs> Whoopsie. I used to think that Toasty used to say whoopsie when I was a kid. <laughs> I didn't know you say Toasty. I always thought it said Toasty. Whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, the call-in topic today is Podcast Sharapalooza. What podcasts are you listening to, aside from ours, that you're enjoying? Uh, you know, it could be informational. It could be educational. It could be true crime it could be um boy uh, almost like audiobooks where it's you know fictionalized source everything yeah it is a saturated market but tony and i have been podcasting for 15 years now maybe more it, has it been 15 I it's been a so. long ass time i know yeah. that yeah we dove in early and uh, you yeah, know we did it we did it way 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 back when Yep, yep. Started uh, talking music, started, uh, boy, then we went... Tales from the pits. Exactly. But uh, have a lot of fun doing the podcast, but at the same time, we're also podcast listeners. So, Tony, I'm going to throw the question over to you. What other podcast... Uh, just give us one for now, and we can always fill in the rest. Uh, what no podcast worries. are you listening to? I, I like Talk is Jericho. So, Chris Jericho, lead singer of Fozzie, current AEW wrestler... I just I legendary wrestler. I love it because he talks all kinds of things. He has uh rock star guest hosts on there. He'll have um he'll have wrestlers, they'll talk stories from the past when you and I used to watch it and love it. Um he talks about all things rock and roll, movies. He does a movie review. Sometimes he likes to drink when he's doing his podcast, so it reminds me of uh of the episode when I got drunk and we did Proton Pack. Um, that was fun. He's just he's just an entertaining storyteller. So I, I really enjoy uh, Talk is Jericho. All right. All right. That's a good one. Uh, it's one that I haven't checked out yet. I keep meaning to, but, uh, you know, I get most of my podcast listening in when I go on the road trips to see the boys. He also, he also talks like ghosts, like hauntings and UFOs and stuff like that. So it's all over the place. It's not always wrestling rock and roll and and his band and stuff there's all kinds of things i like his uh movies and and things like that he does a lot of fun stuff so yeah, it sounds he's like worth, a, he's, he's pretty entertaining yeah it sounds like a good amount of variety especially you know if you're maybe not a huge wrestling fan 
you know, he's talking about other things. So uh, I'd I'd say that's a good pick. Uh, For me, I'll go ahead and give my long form uh, pick. Um, You know, this is a show that uh, on average runs about two hours long. So you got to have plenty of time to listen to it. But I'm talking about the Tim Ferriss show and Tim Ferriss interviews. Boy, uh, entrepreneurs, business leaders, thought leaders, uh, celebrities, actors, and basically sort of uh, deconstructs, finds out who they are and, you know, where their motivations come from. And uh, which is really sort of interesting because it's, you know, especially if you are somebody who's an entrepreneur, somebody who's looking to build a business, listening to these other people and how they did it and realizing that. They didn't strike gold right out of the gate. Most of them struggled and worked hard and, and you know, failed many times before they succeeded uh, is inspiring to those of us who uh, are trying to build something and, and make something big. And so, uh, you know, the Tim Ferriss show is just a wonderful show if you've got the time to listen to it. And uh, you can sort of pick and choose who you listen to, but uh, I would recommend pretty much every single episode because you'll get little nuggets of information that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And folks, that is what we are looking for. What podcasts are you listening to? Could be short form, could be long form, entertainment, informational. We don't care. We just want to hear about it. When we come back, folks, it is all about you. So uh, don't go anywhere. We'll see you guys in just a couple minutes. Subscription box, yeah, but with exclusive loop on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Browsers! With crits starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. Everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Phoenix Media Radio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show, and we are smack dab in the middle of the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners and watchers, on our topic of the day. Now, if you want to chime in, head over to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Click into the live video there and comment in the comment section, or you can join us on the Stereo app here in just a couple minutes at stereo.com forward slash Phoenix Media. We are talking about podcasts. It's a podcast, Sharapalooza today. What are you listening to? What are you enjoying? What do you want to share with the world? Tony mentioned Talk is Jericho, which is a great uh, variety podcast from Chris Jericho, 
heavy metal musician, uh, wrestler, all around fun guy. And uh, I mentioned entertainer. Wasn't he a friend of our show? He was a friend friend of the podcast. (laughs) And I mentioned the Tim Ferriss show, which is a great long form show for, uh, really uh, entrepreneurs and, and people who are looking for motivation to uh, keep that business going or starting a business. So with that being said, let's turn it over to you guys. Tony, I know you reached out to our usual crew cast of uh, Phoenix fan members. What did they have to say? Uh, well, shameless plug time. You got you to gotta be checking out our podcast, the Proton Pack. Um, Lacey agrees. She said, for pro for podcasts, I listen to the Proton Pack, but I listened way more when it was live. Um, it's tough to do it live. Maybe we'll bust out a special live one every now and then. Yeah. But you can check it out every Tuesday. We do, we do make it Mondays, and then it airs on Tuesdays. So um, check it out. You'll get more nowadays than you used to. Yeah, and the Proton Pack is purely geeky, nerdy news. We talk uh, TV, yeah. movies, video games. Uh, you know, if you like the little bits of geeky, nerdy stuff that we touch on here on this show, you'll love that one. Yes, and it's pure just, uh, well, if, if we do it in the evenings, you may get the alcoholic version of Tony, right? You've seen it <laughs> Mornings you don't, you get the smoothie, tea, water drinking guy. That's about it, because I got to go to work. <laughs> um, she also listens to... Dis, I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's Disney Unplugged. It's just D-I-S Unplugged. Uh, the Disney Dining Show and the DVC Show. They're all Disney-related. I know that. Interesting. So. Yeah, they're a Disney family uh, for sure. Yes. Uh, for Mike, he listens uh, to the three that Lacey mentioned. Uh, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Oh, that's Husker Sports Network Specials. Um, Mac Break Weekly. Best of the Dan Patrick Show. And The Tech Guy. Um. The, oh, it does say uh, the Disney not diner show unplugged. Oh, okay, okay. No, <laughs> I don't know. It's a diner podcast. I thought so. If it was a dining show, uh, those are good ones. Um, <clears throat> I know with uh, Mike being a big Husker fan, it's great to get the Husker Sportsnet, uh, Sportsnet work specials. Uh, I don't know what Mac Break Weekly is. Other bits probably an i Apple. Like an oh, Apple type yeah. yeah. Um, and Dan Patrick, he's always entertaining. Definitely, uh, I like listening to him, too. Um, I was going to say, now Jamie Anna, she chimed in, and she listens to Future Thinkers, Hidden Brain, The Unbeatable Mind, Rebel Wisdom, all sort of different but psychological-driven or creative insight. Rebel Wisdom is more transforming old ways of doing things in this world and old ways of thinking and how to innovate for a better future. She's going to be smart. Ha! That's what she put. All right. Red and light, Ron Burgundy, you know. (laughs) So, you know, some other ones we we should throw out there, too, is uh, Be Kind Rewind with Tim Nidell. His is very entertaining. He gets a lot of... uh, celebrities to join his podcast um a lot of voiceover talents he's had some bitching interviews yeah, he's he truly truly a fun podcast and i i really like his uh, saturday morning rewind is the actual and i said be kind rewind right that's the show here on phoenix uh media but his podcast is saturday morning rewind and that's where he's got all the cartoon guests and man 
that one I've listened to on a couple of trips and uh, a very, very entertaining show. I really like that one. Yeah, especially if you like the behind the scenes of, you know, old cartoons that we grew up with and, you know, seeing and, and hearing from the voice actors that uh, voiced, you know, some of your favorite characters of all time. Yeah, and there's so, there's so many great ones I can mention, too. Like, That's Good Sports is a good Bronco one. Uh, Mile High Huddle Up is a good one. If you're Broncos fans, I like listening to those. And then uh, um, I think Up, Up, Down, Down with Xavier Woods has one, too. It's the video game okay. uh, pod. Yeah, so it's more of a YouTube channel, and they do that. But he does do a podcast as well. But, you, man, you can really go anything. Kevin Smith, we talked earlier, he's got numerous ones. Like, it's he's got Hollywood Babylon. He's got, you know, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. He has, uh, what, is the, what is the Fat Man-y one? The Bat- Fat Man? Fat Man on Batman. Fat Man on Batman, yeah. He's yep. got a lot. So, you're a Kevin Smith fan. He's got all kinds of podcasts for you. Yeah, and he's entertaining. He's got stories for days. Uh, A couple other ones that I want to mention on the uh, short-form side of things, uh, one that I enjoy listening to, especially when I'm on the road trips, is one called Lore. That's L-O-R-E. And it basically looks at the history behind... modern horror so you know they talk about the origination of where like vampires came from and werewolves and and you know they dive deep into you know historical like poisonings or you know mysteries and all sorts of fun things and it's easy to consume it's about 20 minutes total in length and uh you know they format it in a very fun way another one i wanted to mention on the kids side of things especially when i'm traveling with the boys um Mars Patel, which is a serialized uh, fictional story that uh, basically each episode is a different part of the story. Uh, that's a great one for the kids. And another great one is Wow in the World, which I think is made by NPR. Again, it's fun. It's entertaining. It talks about, you know, different scientific sort of things. So if you want to help your kids learn, check out Wow in the World. Wow. Check out Wow. That's, it's hard to say. Wow in the world. Wow in the world. Um, I know we're about ready to go to the stereo app, but uh, <clears throat> I got a quick funny podcast story. So anyone can do a podcast. It's, I mean, you want to, you just got to make time and, and you want to produce it well. But uh, so my aunt, and I'm not going to use names. I, if anyone says, I don't want to embarrass. So my aunt's niece, so it's from her husband's side. Um, she decided to shock the world to do a podcast. She's just kind of an interesting gal anyways. Her podcast is strictly about sex and how to give, you know, right? things, to do things <laughs> and sell toys. And it's very, like, we listened to one and it was pretty... Uh, pretty raunchy pretty out there so kind of kind of crazy for my aunt's niece to do that and they're all laughing because they're like oh my god i cannot believe that this person is doing that i'm not going to plug it other than tell you the story because again it's it's in my family i don't want to i don't want to embarrass anybody you know like uh it but it is i guess i could give her at least a shout out sex talk with amy uh-huh. You can find it out there. Whatever. Check it out. You know that's the, <laughs> that's the thing. It's only 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 that one time, and it was a little rough. I'm like, e-. and she's like, Tony, you could give her some tips on how to do a podcast. I'm like, no. <laughs> the nice thing, I giggle the whole time, man. That that subject just makes me giggle. <laughs> the nice thing about podcasts is there are 
whatever your interest, there's a podcast for it. So if you're into underwater basket weaving, if that's a thing, I'm sure there's a podcast for it. So, uh, <laughs> Mike and Lacey, I caught myself before I got too graphic with that. Sorry. Good. <laughs> All right. Well, what we can't guarantee is how graphic other people are going to get because we're Here about we to go. delve into the stereo app, but uh, maybe not as long as we normally do because uh, we had a nice little conversation here. But yeah, uh, we did. let's dive on in, see where it takes us. This should be interesting. And remember, folks, Anything can happen. How are you doing today? You're on the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Hi, Fred. Uh, you're on the radio. You're on the radio. What's up? Hi. <laughs> Apparently, they didn't want to talk. All right. How are you doing? You're on the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Ha-ha! <laughs> you're on the... F- you're on the Pee Wee Herbert Show. <laughs> All right, let's try this again. How are you doing today? You're on the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Uh, Apparently people want to let us listen to their background yeah, noise today. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they got to hear us. We're fighting. Let's put it on the air. <laughs> All right. Uh, nope. And that's the way it goes sometimes. All right. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you today? Good. So we're oh. talking podcasts today. What's your favorite podcast you're listening to? Uh... Oh, my favorite podcast show is listening to music and then sex talks and then adult talks and then um, is, is crime that stories. Why is, is that why your screen name's Banger? Banger. It's a real banger. Are you a head banger? A- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's right. into everything. <laughs> and we'll try one more. How you doing today? You're on the Christian Phoenix radio. Nope. <laughs> Can't even get through the introduction. It's Come on. Just say hi. How are you doing today? Boy, we are striking out aside from the one. All right. Let's try one more. Hi, how are you doing today? You're on the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Boy, you know what? I'm just going to end it there because... Uh, Mallards. It's it's the way it goes today. But uh, we had a good discussion on podcasts, and luckily uh, we didn't have to rely on the stereo app. And we didn't get any uh, bad word uh, drops in that case. No, we just got... Well, we that much guy worried me for a minute, man. He started talking about everything. I was going to uh, turn him on to uh, your uh, cousin's <laughs> show, <laughs> Sex, Sex Talk with, with Amy. Amy. Yeah. Yeah, I like uh, I like to listen to music. I like books about sex and uh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> freaking pervert. Well, well, folks, that does it for the interactive portion of the show. When we come back, we've got a segment called Restaurant Red Flags. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. 
Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We've got a little thing we talk about a couple times each show. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever, including our call-in topic of the day, which is why we give it 24 hours in advance. Give us a call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973 for the alphanumerically impaired. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together. Together, put them out in a future show. Now, uh, speaking of call-in topics, tomorrow's call-in topic is open already. Obviously, we're on the tail end of this pandemic now. Here in Nevada, they just announced that uh, everything is opening June 1st. But if it was up to you, what type of business or what specific business would you open right now, right this day? Tony and I obviously talked about movie theaters and our love for movie theaters and you know, maybe some expanded hours would be nice, but uh, that is our call-in topic for tomorrow. Something to wrap your brain around. Now, in this wrap segment it. that I've titled Restaurant Red Flags, we're talking about, uh, you know, chefs who have given some advice on what to look out for when you go to a restaurant to avoid, uh, you know, any of those uh, uncomfortable Hershey squirts, for uh, lack of a better term. <laughs> <laughs> You've been going to 7-Eleven, too, haven't you? Well, and I was even going to say that, uh, you know, Tony, has there been a restaurant you've been to where maybe you felt a little uneasy about it, you ordered food anyway, and then you paid for it later? Not... 7-Eleven withstanding? Yeah, yeah, I get a little squirrely when I try new restaurants because I don't know how my stomach's going to take it. Um, but I'm trying to think if there was any sketch maguetch places I tried. I try to go where there's a lot of people and it looks like it's a popular place. I can tell I you one. Yeah. I think Philly cheesesteak like, last time uh, you were out. Oh, you're right. Good reminder. So we did have this Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> we did, sorry. We had this Philly cheesesteak in Reno right before I got on the plane. <laughs> and uh we ate it. It was, you know, it was it was mediocre. It wasn't great, but you know, it was what it was. Next day, you're like, dude, does your stomach been hurt? It's like and then you're like I've been visiting the Sherwood Forest for hours and I go oh that sucks and then no sooner after we got off the radio show my, it was a day off it was uh, no I had to work you that you did day. have to work that day yep. yeah my stomach was ripping like it had already hurt but then after that oh man <laughs> <laughs> and we should have known because this place was dingy too yeah, it was hole in the wall <laughs> it was not a clean looking place this is how bad it was when you had to go to the bathroom you had to go behind the counter behind the kitchen I should have known then like it was no good we should have known the moment we walked in and my, <laughs> I don't know about you Tone but my face mask smelled like Philly cheesesteak for like four days afterwards <laughs> I did not. I just know my cheeks hurt like hell. (laughs) Well, folks, that's what we're talking about is restaurant red flag chefs that have given some advice on maybe what to avoid. I'm a little kid, man. Let's go ahead and get on into it with our very first restaurant red flag. Yummy. (laughs) This one is more about freshness, but uh, if a restaurant has a huge menu, 
it's all frozen. Uh, looking at you, Cheesecake Factory. I mean, I think Cheesecake Factory yeah, tries man, to do huge. too much. You know, you don't need Chinese food and Italian food and American food and just pick one. Yeah, I've always found that to be really strange at the Cheesecake Factory because when you when you hear cheesecake, you think of Penny and then you think of cheesecake. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think about. And then when you go, man, you have options. Burgers, ribs, filet mignon. Chinese food. Jesus, man. It's too much. Just too much. It's way too much. Simplify, baby. Simplify. Exactly. Well, let's move on with our next restaurant red flag. Get in my belly. This is a huge one for me. The first thing they told us in culinary school when you're learning food safety is if you enter a seafood restaurant and smell fish, leave. I don't like seafood to begin with. (laughs) I I like a few things, but if it smells fishy, I am out. (laughs) Fishy, fishy. You remember that McDonald's commercial? I do. Fishy, fishy. (laughs) I get case of the giggles. I'm sorry. The fact that that some people do uh, sushi. I can't do it. That's a good good take. I didn't know that. Um, I'm not a big seafood guy myself, but uh, I did not know that if it's... (laughs) could that that rule be applied to a brothel as well all right anyway i move on talking restaurant red flags yummy this one says uh when the menus are super dirty and are never clean that means everything is super dirty and never cleaned Uh, well yeah duh and i can't tell you how many restaurants i've been into where uh you know the menus are sticky or they've got things that are stuck to them and they're just they're just gross i I guess another rule for the brothels as well right i don't know i'm just being immature today it's Very rare immature. It's rare that we see uh, Tony with a case of the giggles, but uh, glad we yeah. brought it out on you. <laughs> All it takes, I guess, is <laughs> dirty jokes and poop jokes. Innuendo. All right. Yeah. Rolling on restaurant red flags. Get in my belly! Another good piece of advice. Uh, in culinary school, every single chef, chef instructor says the same thing. If it's misspelled on the menu, that's on purpose. It's so that they don't have to sell you the real thing. For example, crab cakes spelled with a K instead of a C. So uh, be careful of those Krabby Patties. Wow. <clears throat> That's a good fun fact. I I didn't think of that. Well, and you know who's paying for that right now is uh, Subway with their tuna. Apparently there is no actual tuna in their tuna fish sandwiches. And what the hell are they putting in there? Is it chicken of the sea tuna? It's no, it's... Uh, I, some laboratory creation, I guess. Mm. Sorry, well, I don't like eating at Subway anyways because it always smells like dirty feet when you walk in there. Oh, I try to avoid that. it at every cost anyway, especially after, what, a couple of years ago when they said that the bread was maybe like one molecule away from yoga mats. Hard pass yeah. for me. <laughs> Let's keep rolling on. Talking restaurant red flags. Yummy! Or in this case, a restaurant green flag. Uh, says we have a sushi place where the chef gives you a free sample of future dishes. This usually means they take pride in their work and want to see people's reactions before committing it to the menu, uh, which is a great piece of advice. You know, if uh, you know they're keeping their menu small, if they're uh, offering things to try before putting it on the menu, might be a good place to check out. Yeah, I mean, 
<clears throat> that's always a good way to entice. It's the whole power of the sample. If you get that taste in your mouth and it's good, well, you're gonna you're gonna want to try it. I mean, that's what used to be one of the great things about Panda Express is when you yeah. when you sat there, you if you were curious if they had a new menu because they shake up a couple of the entrees. Um, last week I tried the uh, steak and shrimp um, sautéed. Okay, well, it's a new one. It was okay. It wasn't terrible. Um, it was it was it was all right. I would have rather sampled it, and I would have been like, "Yeah, it's it's okay." Yeah, yeah. You know, but I ended up ordering the thing, and it wasn't it wasn't awful. Would I probably wouldn't get it again? But yeah, all goes to say that free samples go a long way. Absolutely. Rolling on restaurant red flags. Get in my belly. Here's a good piece of advice. Catch of the day restaurants better have a lake or an ocean within a 50 mile radius. If they are advertising fresh caught Alaskan salmon and you aren't in Alaska, chances are that thing is not fresh. And again, yeah. it goes back to fishy fish. Yeah. That, oof. I can't. <laughs> I've been to a few places where the fish is strong. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I'm out of there faster than you can say fish. All right. Like, no. <laughs> Let's keep moving on, restaurant red flags. Yummy! Another good piece of advice, maybe based on the time of day, but uh, simply says, if the area is busy but the restaurant is empty, it's usually a bad sign. Yeah, you know, you, you want to go to the places that are busy because it usually means that they have good food, but because they're empty doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad, especially with everything that's going on in the world right now. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's completely true. I mean, <clears throat> there could be a lot of reasons why that place isn't busy. I mean, their prices could be high because sometimes, uh, you know, like Five Guys is generally I when I go in, say. not it's not generally busy when I go to Five Guys, but it's not because it's bad because it's freaking delicious. It's who the hell wants to spend 18 bucks on burger fries and a drink, dude? Yeah, you have to mortgage your house for a combo. It's <laughs> Yeah, you do. So that's one of those things, dude. I don't I try I try to go with somebody so I can split the fries. <laughs> I'm a cheap ass and I get water. I don't get anything else to drink there. <laughs> Cuz the burger's its own layaway plan. There you go. Well, finally in <laughs> restaurant red flags. Get in my belly. This one, uh, I always look for how the staff interact with each other. If they all seem to enjoy being there and coordinate well, more often than not, it's because everything is running smoothly and they have a good system, which usually means they know that what they're doing and uh, you can expect good food. Um, and it's always more enjoyable to go into a restaurant where it's got a nice atmosphere, where uh, you know the waiters are nice and don't just come along and be like, what do you want? Pay on the kiosk. Yeah. You know, it's, that's not service. It's better than that, yeah. I like uh, I like the attentive ones. That's uh, that they pay attention stuff. Right, but there is too attentive. Uh, you know, the people who come sit too down, is annoying. Yeah, next yeah. to you, and you know they want to be your buddy. Yeah, there there should be a little distance there. Yeah, go away. Just come <laughs> by. Make sure my water is topped off, and just keep rolling. Exactly. Well, folks, that does it for restaurant red flags. When we come back, we're headed to the final segment of the show. It's time for this day in history. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get 
Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Well, we are back, folks, and we made it to the final segment of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Now, if you want to uh, catch up on a previous podcast or maybe catch up on this podcast, head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? Yes! Yes! We are saved. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends. Because why, Tony? Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring, as Tony said, and which is why we do this segment each and every day. Drop a little knowledge on you, hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It is time for This Day in History. Christian Phoenix. And there are so many significant things that happen this day in history. Hopefully we can get through all of them. For instance, this day in 43 BC, Mark Antony besieging Julius Caesar's assassin Decimus Junius Brutus in Mutina defeats the forces of the consul Panza, who are killed. Fatality. All fancy Oof. ways of saying they were trying to avenge Br- Caesar's death. Brutus's Maximus. <laughs> Moving on, this day in 1536, English King Henry VIII expropriates minor monasteries. He also expropriated a, a turkey leg or two. Darr! <laughs> Expropriating. Moving on, this date, 1828, the first American dictionary, its author, Noah Webster, registers its copyright for publication, hence, Webster's Dictionary. Oh, that's cool. Fitting for a Words Are Hard Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. All right, this day in 1841, the very first detective story is published, Edgar Allan Poe's Murders in the Rue Morgue. April 1841. Uh, Murders in the Mirror Mug is going to be a very dark tale. (laughs) Look at my little mustache. He was a weird looking dude. He was. It's so much funnier if you guys could see these photos. I... It just looks me. I just look weird because I'm going off the photo. <laughs> As, aside from Murders in the Rue Morgue, what's your other favorite Edgar Allan Poe story? The, the, the Telltale Heart. Hey, look at you, Tom. Mm-hmm. Reading a little bit. Knew a little Poe, man. Reading is fundamental. Oh, right. The Raven Nevermore. This day in 1858, abolitionist John Brown meets Harriet Tubman at a constitutional convention convened in Chat- Chatham, Ontario. I want to know what they cosplayed as, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not that kind of convention? All right. No. <laughs> it's not Comic-Con. Rolling on this day in 1865, U.S. President Abraham Lincoln is shot in the head by John Wilkes Booth at Ford's Theater in Washington. He dies a day later. Fatality. That's crazy. He survived a whole, back then, the technology to keep someone alive. Uh, he lived a whole day like that. Poor guy. Oh, uh, probably suffering through the whole thing. Oh, no doubt. Now, if you want to know more about what actually happened, a fun and entertaining way to uh, to see that, uh, there's a show called Drunk History on Comedy Central. The very first episode is about uh, his assassination. Really interesting stuff. Ooh. 
That's crazy. Sad it happened, but yeah. it's just crazy. Let's roll on this day in 1894. The first public showing of Thomas Edison's kinetoscope, basically showing mo moving pictures. And without that, we wouldn't have this. Um, you know, we have him to thank. He may have stolen it from somebody based on who you ask. <laughs> but at the Maybe. same time, he patented it. And uh, we have movies because of it today. This mine I saw first. We're going to call it a kinetoscope. That's what I call it. No, you didn't. <laughs> we call it the Takis. Patent it. Patent. I patented it. It's mine. Let's move on. This day in 1902, J.C. Penney opens his first store, the Golden Rule Store in Kemmerer, Kemmer, Wyoming. I didn't realize that the J.C. standed for James Cash. That's a pretty badass name, James Cash Penny. That is pretty cool. I didn't know either. Why didn't they just call it James Cash Penny? Cash Penny is what they should call that store. Cash yeah. Penny. Call him Cash Money. We had a JC Penny here in Fort Collins. It closed though. I think most of them have at this point. Okay. All right, let's keep moving on. This one you may have heard of. This day in 1912, the RMS Titanic hits an iceberg at 11:40 p.m. off of Newfoundland. Uh, wonder what happened to the ship? Did it keep uh, rolling on? Did it sink? I, I have no idea. Oh, I have no idea. I just, I, I've never even really heard of the ship, to be honest with you. Yeah, did Rose so. and Jack make it? That's all I want to know. Rose, you're so stupid, Rose! <laughs> I figured you were going there. All right, uh, rolling on this day in 1939, John Steinbeck novel The Grapes of Wrath is published. Aside from The Grapes of Wrath tone, what's your other favorite John Steinbeck novel? Um... Rose, you're so stupid. Why'd you throw that in the ocean, Rose? Yeah, I, I think it was that book that was adapted to uh, Jim Cameron's Titanic, right? Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, I, I don't know anything else he writes. <laughs> um, I couldn't tell you they're off the top of my head. Uh, ob obviously, right? Rolling on this day in 1958, the Soviet spacecraft Sputnik 2 with space dog Laika aboard burns up during re entry into Earth's atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Oh, poor Laika. Yeah, like it was cute. Like you're smiling like, hey, get me out of here, please. Oh, terrible name, uh, Sputnik. Sputnik. And we're going to put Sputnik and we'll put Space Dog Lega. He's going to be in. <laughs> Moving on, this day in 1960, a huge day in music history. American record company Motown is founded by Barry Gordy Jr. Is incorporated as Motown Record Corporation. Uh, had the joy of meeting Barry Gordy. What an interesting guy i mean just super interesting oh that's crazy i didn't know you met him and i apparently steinbeck wrote of mice and mitt there so. you go yeah all right love it when thanks people friday change. <laughs> moving on this day in 1963 beetle george harrison is impressed by an unsigned group a little band known as the rolling stones there's this band called the rolling stones they might outlive us and play longer than us, eh? <laughs> I got my mind set on them. <laughs> Moving on this day in 1980, the 52nd Academy Awards. Kramer versus Kramer. Dustin Hoffman and Sally Field are the big winners. Uh, every time definitely, I... Definitely Kramer versus Kramer. Definitely. I always think of Cosmo Kramer whenever uh, that name comes yeah. up. You know what's funny is when I was a kid, my mom had that recorded on a VHS tape, and I remember seeing it sitting there, and I'm just like, Kramer? Kramer versus Kramer? Oh, <laughs> what is that small way? It's about two parents, I assume, that are divorced, and they're fighting each other in court. That, that would be what I'm guessing. I've never seen it. 
You know, I have seen it, but I don't remember it. Crimer? <laughs> it's been a while, to say the least. What? Cosma? Crimer? Let's keep moving on. This day in 2000, Tony, I know you remember this one well. Metallica filed a lawsuit against P2P sharing phenomenon Napster. This lawsuit eventually leads to the movement against file sharing programs. Napster bad. Definitely. This is Lars Ulrich with Metallica. I just want to say Napster is definitely, definitely Napster good. <laughs> Napster bad. I just remember the big animated where James was like that big gorilla and yeah. then like Lars had those big lips and <laughs> all over it. And then I feel bad because in this picture, they show poor Jason Newstead. Like that's all they show. It's heavy metal musician Jason Newstead. And it's like. Dude, that was a Lars thing. They should be plastering Lars's face there, not Jason's. Yeah, yeah, that's the way it goes sometimes. And then, finally, but they were smart, man. They they knew what they had. So definitely. Finally, this day in 2012, J.K. Rowling, author of the Harry Potter novels, launches her website website Pottermore. Honestly, never visited it. No, I never did either. Come to Pottermore, J.K. Rowling. Come visit Harry at Pottermore. <laughs> and then before we head out for the day, folks, we like to run down some of today's holidays where we talk about the things that we well like to celebrate. For instance, Tony, today is Children with Alopecia Day. That's basically uh, hair loss. Hmm, that's sad. Yeah. Uh, oh, God, what is his name? There's an actor who's on the show, Barry. He was also uh, Victor Zaz in Gotham. He has alopecia and a uh, great actor. Moving on, this is uh, Dreams of Reason Feast Day. Okay, a lot of word salad there. Tony, it is ex-spouse day. I know you're going to go visit her after the show. Mm-hmm. It is International Day of Pink Day, so go ahead and rock that pink. It is International Moment of Laughter, but only a moment. You can't uh, chuckle or get the giggles like Tony had because that's, that's too no, many No, yeah, it's just too much. You can't do it. Apparently, it's Look Up at the Sky Day. It's a bird. It's a plane. Uh, it is National Bookmobile Day. Remember those? Bookmobiles. Yeah, dude. They were awesome. The little scholastic uh, book exactly. fairs. Exactly. Yeah. It, it is National Dolphin Day, where from those book fairs, you could get all your dolphin uh, trapper keepers from. Yo, I like it. It is Pathologist Assistant Day. It is National Pecan Day. It is Reach As High As You Can Day. Pan-American Day and School Librarians Day. So Anthony Kerrigan. That's the name. Thank you. Well, folks, that does it for our Wednesday episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We will be back tomorrow on a Thursday with Florida Man. Gotta love it. Folks, enjoy the rest of your day. We will see you all tomorrow. Peace.